I'm noticing that a lot of people feel that way that I'm feeling because I was connecting with other people and they were like, I'm so grateful that you talk about the things, but not like in this heavy way, but in a, some kind of uplifting way so that we can see that it's not so, I mean, it's still sad, there's some sort of a heavy topic still. Um, we often hear people wishing us a long, happy and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who make changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Hey there, it's Aneta. Thanks for joining again for another episode of Live the Width of Your Life podcast. I'm so excited about today's guest. His name is Mr. Fred Berlin. He's a surface pattern designer, illustrator, and art director from Germany. I fell in love with his designs on Instagram and look forward to his motivating and inspiring designs every day. In the course of our conversation, we talked about so many different things in this podcast. We talk a lot about mental health about stress, burnout, and what he experienced himself in terms of witnessing trauma and suffering in the world, and how Fred was able to then take that through a sense of responsibility to aid in the healing that is needed in order to offset the pain and grief that we see every day. He talks about things that he does in his routine every day, like morning pages and other things that have allowed him to create what he calls mindful design in his business. You're not going to want to miss today's episode. Take a listen. Hi, Fred. Thanks so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks so much that I can be here. It's the first time for me in a podcast ever. I am so grateful then that you said yes when I reached out to you and asked you to be a guest. And I can't believe that this is your very first podcast. I thought it was just the right timing because I had in mind for so long and often people told me, you should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I would love to, but I don't know what to talk about. But I was thinking and thinking, one day your message popped up in my mailbox and this is <laughs> the impulse. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to start this podcasting journey. Of course. And so it's so interesting. I looked back through all of our messages. And I remembered, when did I first notice you on Instagram? Because that's how we first sort of met each other on social media is, I remember you were posting a lot of beautiful designs. And I started reading all of your posts and some of your videos. And then I remember you started doing these daily affirmations that were so pretty and beautiful, wonderful messages, and the perfect music. And I looked forward to getting them and to dragging the heart across. And, <laughs> and it just became such a part of my daily routine. And I think I started sharing some of the things that you had posted. And you said, thank you for sharing. And then, and then one day I just got the courage because I was thinking, who can I have on my podcast? And who would I love to get to know better and learn more about their story? And so I sent you this message and it, you were so kind in your response back and we were able to, to make it happen. And here we are. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for what you just said. And I'm so happy that I can connect if it's the story affirmations, with which I'm so happy that the people like yep. swiping the heart. It makes me so grateful to see that people enjoy reading my texts or my stories and they have something from Uh, for the everyday life and that's so nice after the time that we're going already into deep talk after my depression and burnout and everything mm -hmm. i'm able to be that i'm able to connect with people and to read their messages that they are grateful that i'm posting my thoughts on this topic and then i'm shining some light on this topic every time when you're seeing something about depression or burnout or therapy in general on TV, or in my opinion, it's something like very gray and sad and someone is like in bed and crying and it's always very heavy yeah. and some sort of a topic that you don't talk about. It's always hidden. And I realized that this is why it was so hard for me in the beginning to talk about it myself, especially as a man. When you say I have a depression, it's hard in general. If you're a man, you have to always don't be perceived as weak thing like you're sensitive and that you're getting emotional very 
easy. I'm noticing that a lot of people feel that way that I'm feeling because I was connecting with other people. I'm so grateful that you talk about the things, but not heavy way, but in some kind of uplifting way so that we can see that it's, that it's not so sad. It's sort of a heavy topic still, but in a different point of view that it's not like my life is awful. It's so terrible. It will never get better because often I was focusing just on the negative side of everything. I'm wasting my life and it's never getting better. But to change the view and look on the other side of the topic, this is clearly not working. There are a lot of things that I need to or want to work on. But to see the side that the opportunity that you're having to write a new chapter. But it is a massive opportunity what you're having when you're like hitting rock bottom. Then it's like, okay, this is the moment where I can change my life and like my robins said we are just one decision away from a completely different life and it is so true and when you made the decision like to change something it's hard it's very hard especially to stay on your path but when you get the momentum something changes it's the kind of surreal for me that other people thanking me for giving them so good advice or tell them what worked for me what didn't work for me And to help them see the life with a different perspective. And that's so, so nice. It's so beautiful. And first of all, thank you for bringing to light something that is so relevant right now and is so common for so many people, which is burnout. And then, of course, just mental health in general, panic, anxiety, just this feeling of cognitive overload and heaviness and depression. So walk us through what, what happened. So you were, we know you're an amazing designer and I love that you're using your story and your experiences to create more light. And so talk to us a little bit about background of how you experienced burnout. And then as you started to allude, what changed, what are some of the routines or habits or things that you've started to implement that's really allowed you to to be able to change some of those reactions that you have yeah i actually can't say when when it started because i feel like that it was very sl- a slight experience that came over time and like a little bit burnout a little bit burnout a little bit burnout but i didn't know that it could be burnout or depression and i didn't feel like a severe change because it came so slowly over time but at one moment and i was working at a company after i made my bachelor's degree in communication design which i think there already was some kind of burnout but also like under so much stress that i didn't know the difference i think i had all of my ideas so that i can come up with something new at that moment i I think that's just the way it is i thought i'm just tired and i don't have any idea Um, but i already felt like anxious and nervous and Mm -hmm. kind of do the people like me Mm -hmm. always have like this negative mindset of not good enough like this tape was always playing in my mind yeah in the combination with being tired or having no new ideas it was kind of familiar with me so i didn't think about i was just thinking that's the way i am so i'm maybe i'm anxious maybe i'm always nervous maybe i'm some sort of melancholic person so afterwards i was working for a company that this was so terrible and i think it was a very terrible situation to work there but it was also the start for the change because After the bachelor's degree, this company offered me a job and I was like, oh, that's great. I don't have to write an application. I don't have to write a CV. And I think of myself, I'm not so good. I'm so happy that someone wants me, wants me to work for them. And in that company, it was like, it was the worst company I ever have worked with. It was like, really like the boss is here on top and everyone else is like, yeah, it it could have been like in a movie it was really like the boss had like a carpet of fur and everything was golden it was really like glass uh, workspace and really fancy stuff and decoration and expensive pictures on the wall and for the employees there is your plastic chair and there is your desk you work for me but don't speak and the whole atmosphere was like nobody wanted to talk everyone was like silent everyone seemed like some a little bit of 
broken, like destroyed, oh, like in their creativity, yeah. in yeah. their flow. Because when you hear every day, like you are stupid and you should be happy because I gave you a job, then Corona started. And that was the day I think I was really brave, which was very untypical for me because I always feel like I, I would be just running, not be like brave, speak up in front of it. And within two weeks, I had a new job. So by the way, so kind of the next job wasn't really better because then all of my panic attacks and anxiety really hit hard because there was a lot of chaos in the company and in the end alone the email notification like the pling was everything that my body needed to have a panic attack i was always expecting mm. something bad or that someone is screaming at me or telling something bad and at one day i decided to make an appointment with my doctor and talk about it because i could have lived with anxiety or like being nervous and shy but with all the panic attacks like with just the pling on my macbook it's like yeah this was way too much right and then i went to my doctor with a panic attack <laughs> because you know i have to tell her how would she react what if she says come on i was really happy that she didn't react the way that i thought she would she was like really taking me seriously and taking care of me and then she gave me like a prescription for a psychotherapy and she looked for an appointment for a psychiatrist and then i had those two papers in my hand and i was like when i call a psychiatrist then it's really severe then i really have something mm. and it took me like one or two weeks to call Did, them to schedule really Yeah. Were yeah. you worried? Like what was going through um, your mind? I had anxiety to call someone. Like, mm. this, this was number one. I was always like, what do I say? Should I, who am I? What am I saying on the phone yeah. to the, to the person? What if the person is like weird or what if she doesn't like me? Or when I call a psychiatrist, will they just give me meds and then I'm right. numb? Because this mm -hmm. is this were the only things that I know from movies. Sure. I didn't have any experiences with therapy or with a psychiatry. So it was just like some of the exaggerated things that I know from a movie. But also the doctor was very kind and very calm. So I went there and had two appointments and like I was talking about some things and we started like the therapy. But I also started to work on ju not just go to therapy because I really think that the real therapy is what happens between your two appointments, like in the week right. or not in therapy. I think if I would have gone to just therapy once a week for 45 minutes, not so much would have happened. Like to sit and wait that after 45 minutes, my life will change. I think this is not possible. And also in that time, I started to discover that I have ADD, so which I didn't knew, know before. And I am like really focused on psychology, like Googling, researching, like watching TED Talks, reading books, listening to books on Audible, discovered Brittany Brown, Mel Robbins, and like all of the inspirational and motivational speakers. And I started to look for other things that can help you improve your life or to find mm -hmm. the things that work for you. Like that there are so many things that people do, but that they don't really resonate with you. Sometimes I feel that I needed to decide, this is something that this person does, but it's not really working for me. So should I really sure. do that? Even mm -hmm. though if it feels wrong or not. And there I also discovered speaking nicely to myself or becoming my own best friend instead of saying to myself, why are you so anxious? Why can't you just call someone? Why is it taking so long for you? And I think it took like two years to develop like self-compassion and I still have those moments where I'm realizing how good I am talking with myself or to myself that much changed in the way I talk to myself or in my choice of words that I'm using I'm not using negative words when I'm speaking about something I'm really choosing positive words almost automatically that I don't have to think about if I choose this or that word it really comes naturally to me I remember so often that it came so easily that I'm just saying, I'm so stupid, automatic. And then I watched a series on YouTube of Mel Robbins, which is called Mindset Reset. And in one episode, she's talking about deliberate thinking, which led me to noticing all the situations where I'm talking shit to myself, like I can never do things right. And uh, every time when I noticed that, I was like, no, like really talking loud to myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not stupid. Mm -hmm. I just did a mistake. And realizing this, how often I had to correct my thoughts or yes. thinking and making it really 
obvious for me to realize what I'm talking to myself and what I was actually just doing. I didn't think that I was noticing how much it would improve my life in that moment. But like in review over those like two years that I'm really doing this a lot with also like writing my morning pages. And I, I heard in your first episode that you are also writing your morning pages. Yes. Um, yes. I love that book, Julia Cameron. And I love morning yeah. pages. It's been so helpful for me. And do you write them in a notebook, longhand? Do you type them? How do you like to do it? I'm writing it um, with pen in yeah. my book because I don't feel it when I'm writing on my computer. So I'm also designing my own morning pages. So I'm taking time to design my morning pages oh, um, with an affirmation. <laughs> and yeah, then it became like my ritual when I wake up in the morning, which is at 5.37. Uh, I don't know <laughs> why, why it's 5.37. One time I was just putting an alarm and it was like 5.37 because I didn't want to go another round on my yeah. alarm. And okay, then it's just 5.37, whatever. Yeah. And I'm getting up at 5.37, I'm brushing my teeth, then I'm meditating for mm. 15 to 20 minutes, which has become non-negotiable yes. ritual in the morning. It's the first thing I do every day because of all the talks I heard and all of the mm -hmm. science behind it, I realized how good it is okay. and that you can't meditate wrong. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I, I would just give it a go. And I think it's now because I have a timer on my meditation app, which says I'm meditating for 600, I don't know, 17 days in a row every day Fantastic. in the morning. And this helped me so much like being calm, quieting my mind or realizing how many thoughts are going on in my head and yes. or which thoughts just like randomly are in my head, which I'm not actually thinking. My psychiatrist always says, this is propaganda. This is like all the things that yes. are just like... <laughs> yes, we're bombarded all the yeah. time. Yeah. Then I'm making breakfast after meditation. And, and while I'm making breakfast, I'm listening to my Abraham Hicks playlist on YouTube. I'm starting Love with a, a morning rampage every day. I think I can speak every word. It's like doing like lip sync, but I'm, I'm talking like the whole <laughs> rampage. And I feel all of the rampages of Abraham Hicks or the, the teachings of Abraham Hicks helped me so mm. much of being positive or like redirecting all of my thinking. That's right. And after breakfast, I'm writing my morning pages. So then I'm lighting my candles. I put on some yeah. aromatherapy candles and then I'm sitting on my desk and write my three pages while listening like to classic piano yeah. music yeah. on um, 432 uh, hearts. After that, I'm starting my day, starting to work or so. I love it. I am obsessed with my morning routine too. And I also was burned out in my life. And I found that I created things that worked for me. And many of the things you do is what I do too. I wake up a little bit earlier because I teach meditation and yoga earlier, but I wake up at 4.30 and oh, wow. I also love to do my morning pages and then I will do some some readings that are like inspirational or something that's positive. And then I meditate and I do the yogic breath and depending on what I need, more energy, more rest, etc. And I just find that that time in the morning for myself is so important. And like you, meditation is, is a non-negotiable. Not only do I see the benefit when I meditate, but everybody around me benefits as well because I'm a different person. I respond different. And the other thing I wanted to talk about that you said that I completely agree is sometimes over time, our negative thoughts are so automatic and we've conditioned ourselves to respond like I'm so clumsy or I'm always late or I don't have good ideas. Why is this always happening to me? Right. Why is it happening yeah. to me? But it really does begin with us, like you said, one, recognizing that we can choose differently. We don't have to say those thoughts to ourselves. We can choose different ones. And then over time, like you said, it's not so hard. First, you might have to talk to yourself. I always program myself with my own self-affirmations, but over time, it does become more automatic that you self-correct and that you yeah. have different things that you say, and then you start to believe it, right? Like once yeah, you do it exactly. over time, it feels different too. Yeah, yeah. Agree uh, 100%. It was in the beginning, or one strong sentence from Abraham Hicks is a belief is only a thought you keep thinking. So I thought, okay, oh, if that is true, good. 
Yeah. I can change my beliefs in just thinking something else, even though I won't believe it when I'm thinking right. about the first time. I was like, because one of my negative beliefs was that I'm not a good person. And I started to write in my morning pages, I'm a good person, mm -hmm. or I've decided that I'm a good person and that good things are going to happen. And I was writing it over and over again. And I'm still writing it every day in my journal that I'm a good person and that good things are going to happen to me and that everything is always working out for me. And over time, I believed it. And, and every time when I wrote it, I felt like empowered to myself because I was like cheering myself on and I was like, yeah, I can do this. And, and everything is always working out for me. And like over time, and this also comes like not from one day to the other, you're not like, oh, yes, and today I'm believing it. It's like at one point you notice that something has changed and I'm more confident or look how amazing I managed this situation in comparison like two or three years ago or how I would have reacted like earlier. I think this writing really helps to notice the little changes, right? That yes. um, you remember something the day before or so. And I am often compared it like with a mathematical, I don't know the word, like in German. It's Formula? Yeah, that um, mm -hmm. you're trying to solve a mathematical problem. Like, yeah. like with my with morning pages that I'm writing down a problem and then I'm like, mm -hmm. hmm, no, that was not the problem. Maybe it was this and maybe it was this. And then I'm slowly coming to the core and realizing yes. ah, it was not that the one person just said like, this looks ugly or so that then I'm realizing, ah, okay, it had, had actually something to do with myself or so. And yeah, I'm always coming back to the morning pages that they helped me so much about realizing changes or something that is not working out or that I want to work on. And I also remember a time where I, where I stopped writing my morning pages and I really noticed that I had so much more negative thoughts in my head because I couldn't write yes. them away. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like then the inner critic came back. Like it's mm -hmm. so helpful just to quiet the thoughts. Like when I, I feel like my brain sees I'm writing down the thought, my brain says, okay, then I don't have to remember it. So it's like yes. quiet. And this is really, really a great practice. And I'm often say to someone who's asking me like, what kind of tips could you give me? I was, I'm always like, start journaling, start journaling. Doesn't matter if it's five minutes or 10 minutes or yeah. whatever, start journaling. I think there's also a study that says that people who are journaling, they are more resilient in their lives because they are processing their thoughts and their problems in a different way yes. and just more helpful. And yeah, really like writing is such a good practice. I love the morning pages and I also love if I find myself having a bad day or with a worry or concern, I love to go back and to find instances where I may have had a fear or was worried about something and then seeing the follow-up to it and just seeing how I was supported or how blessings came out of it or how I was able to work through it. And it just gives me the encouragement that things are going to be okay. And I've worked through it. And then it's interesting to see seasonally, actually, I've been able to go back and look, why am I feeling so tired in September where I feel I don't want to see anyone? And I'm like, oh, I felt the exact same way last September. And then for me, it's able to say, well, maybe I went too hard. I pushed myself too hard. We did too much. And it's a natural response to want to rest, to mimic nature. And so there's just so much that I gain in the moment, but then also in reflection and having, being able to go back and to see how far you've come along too. I don't know if you ever yeah. go back and read some of your stuff. Uh, no, I'm not, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, let's see what I wrote like three years ago. And, or right. the one time I was yes. looking at my <laughs> first morning pages book And I don't know if you all also notice it with yourself that when you started like writing your morning pages that I was really like, what should I write? Like that I didn't want to see my own thoughts, like that I was a oh, little bit scared to mm -hmm. write them down or to be like really honest with me that I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to know that I was thinking that even though that yeah. I knew right. that, that I was thinking <laughs> it, but then it became so real. That, and it's I was on paper. Like, <laughs> I think it's amazing. And that's why the book has been around for so long. And it's such a great tool for creatives. I know that the author wrote it specifically thinking about people who are creative, who are artists and who are writers, etc. So how have you been able to take all that you have gone through? So your experiences 
all the new rituals and habits that you've created into what you call mindful design. So can you share how you've been able to take that to now create things that are so beautiful and uplifting in the world? Because your style is just so unique. So do you mind sharing some of that? Uh, sure. Well, first, I mean, the, the mindfulness came like into my private life because I was working like on my mental health. And I noticed that in my creative jobs, that everyone was always like stressful and everything had to be like yesterday or yeah. you have three hours and this is the briefing and hurry up because we don't have time. And I noticed that in general, here's the briefing, go, but go fast and don't ask questions. <laughs> and like that ifs or designers are often the people who are the last people in row that get any information, but then they have to run and do everything what the other persons didn't in like over three months or so, but the de designers have to do it like in three hours. And I realized that the mindfulness doesn't work for me if I only just do it like at home when it's uh, 5.30 in the first yeah. two hours and then I'm going to work and then it's like stress, stress, and then I'm coming home and then I'm taking a deep breath. I realized that, that I can't work in this nine to five anymore, that this is not working for me in a company that is not really mindful or that it's just like you have to work, 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 right. and you have to say, do what I, what I um, say. So I made the decision that I won't work in a company for 40 hours a week anymore. And that I'm started to go my own way as a freelancer because I was too scared before to do this because my family always said, you have to have a secure job. And don't try things like freelancing. Oh, it's very dangerous because what if you don't have a client? How do you pay your bills? And so I started still having this in mind of, that I didn't work 40 hours for a company, but like 25 hours. I was doing a part-time job and started to focusing like on freelancing and finding out how this is going because I didn't know anyone who was freelancing. I was scared to do it. I thought like that this is a good opportunity to work like have this kind of security in some way but also start something new and to figure it out how this could go and then i started like to create the fretway <laughs> so the fretway is the way where i thought about how do i want to work so mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that other people are doing things in three hours or that they are always stressed because the client is never giving them the information that they need. And it's always like the client picked the second draft, but I wanted to work on the first draft and now I don't like it anymore. And there are, <laughs> there are often some negative communications between designers and clients. And I always say, why? 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 Right. Why does it always mm -hmm. have to be like this? And I didn't want to do that anymore. So if someone wants something done in two hours, then I don't want to do this anymore because I yeah. hurried like through life for over 30 years and I feel like, mm -mm. and then I started to build the courage to don't take on every project just because someone said, Hey Fred, I need a postcard, but right. in one hour or so. And in right. the beginning <laughs> I was like, Oh, someone wants a project with me. Of course I would do it. You don't pay anything. Great, I will do it for free. You, you need it in the next week. Oh, of course, I will work myself to death just because I want a project. And uh, then, yeah, building like this, like a business where I'm not taking on projects that, where I don't have time to think of an idea or mm -hmm. where someone doesn't want to pay anything because designs have to be cheap or so. So that I'm also like talking with my clients about what's their goal, what do they want to achieve. Not just right. like, I need a postcard and I'm not asking questions because you just have to design a postcard for me and you do whatever I want. Like, yeah. I wanted to break up with, with this, like, I am the client, so I am here on top and you are the designer and you have to do whatever I say. And sometimes I still see those unhealthy relationships between clients and the designer or so. Yeah. And yeah, this is why I slowed down all of the processes that I'm working on. I mean, I can... It's not working 100% of the time. Sometimes it's still yeah. stressful or sometimes I'm still taking on too much projects at the same time. And sometimes it's still like, I think I prepared it so well. Like, oh yeah, this is 
perfect, perfect timing, perfect timing. And on some point, the projects are colliding and then it's so stressful. But alone the fact that I have this positive mindset and talking to myself, I can do it. Everything yeah. is always working out for me. I yeah. can do this. Or I don't have to be scared to tell a client, here, I noticed something or something happened. Is it possible to postpone our call to next week? Or would you mind to change something a bit here because I just noticed it? Or do, do you want to try something different because I just had that idea? And this all in all changed so much about not to stress through all of the projects. And in the end, I'm just happy that the project is done because I didn't want to do that anymore, that I'm working on a project. And in the end, I'm so resentful about everything that I didn't want to see it again. And, and this is so, so sad when you're like working on something in the, in the beginning, you're energized and with every um, email or with every review of the client, you're getting more angry and you don't want to work with them anymore and uh, any changes then you're just like, okay, I will change it. I, I don't care how it looks or yeah. I don't care if it's working. So I just want to get it done. And uh, it took a, look, a lot of time to like implement it really in the workflow that I'm not just doing what the client says because I realized at some point, no, 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 no. I am the designer or I am the expert in my field. And the client usually is someone who is not coming from a design background. So I have to guide them through how things are working and just because the client wants like a campaign or a poster or whatever in three hours it's good that the client wants that in three hours but then realizing that my job is to guide them to the way that things are really working like with building a house you can't build a house mm -hmm. like in one and a half hours even though you want to have it built in one and a half hours it's not working that way right and uh, teaching also my clients about like how to give feedback it was a really big improvement in being more mindful in mm -hmm. all of the communication. And so I decided at some point it's easier to make a video presentation where I take the time for myself to walk them through all of my ideas to prepare a presentation and talk about everything that I want to talk about without being interrupted, which yeah. is also very important for me. And then I can send them over like all of the files that I want them to have with the video that I want them to watch. Think about what you saw. And then when you saw everything, we will schedule a meeting and then we can talk about everything that we want to discuss because then you had time to think about everything without being like hurried or like feeling that you have to decide now when I'm in a live meeting. And this helped a lot. I think on both ends to make better decisions because no one is feeling pressure to have to decide something now because they can think about it. They can watch the presentation. They can watch it twice. They can watch it three times. And when they feel ready, we're meeting again, then we can take on the next steps. This is really helpful. And I would really recommend that to other designers too. I love that idea. And I think I've shared with you, my daughter, my oldest daughter, Isabella, she's a designer. And it's so interesting, the things you've shared, because I've observed it. She she works, but she also freelances. But I've noticed how it, it is hard as a designer, because I feel like designers, and maybe I'm general stereotyping, but you tend to appreciate nature and you have this appreciation for beauty and you're highly sensitive, right? Because you're able to use all of that to design and to create. But with that comes this constant critique or criticism of work that's so personal. So even mm -hmm. if you're creating it for someone else, it's an essence of you. And then the natural response back is to tell you, people want to change it. And like you said, sometimes they know why, sometimes they just don't like it. And that's not usually useful. So I love this tip of you recording the video, giving people time to process it, but also helping to create questions in a way that allows for responses that you can actually do something with. So Amazing. Congratulations <laughs> that you've been able to do something like that. I think this tip will be used by others. So you're, you're unique. Your style is so unique. It's so beautiful. Like when I look at it and what I see, what you post, and I know you're obviously doing additional work that I don't have exposure to, but 
I love this, the color and the designs. And I think you even call it quirkiness. It, it makes me so happy. Like I really do have a joyful response to it and it's vibrant and it's lively. So tell me how you, did it naturally evolve to the work that this is what you like creating? I think it also came with self-healing journey mm -hmm. and being playful with my inner child. Uh, in the beginning of my career, I tried a lot of things. I was like, what's trendy? How do other people design? What are they using for colors? And there was this like this constant comparing with other designers. Or when I saw a portfolio of someone else, I was like, I could never do something like this. They are so much better. And I tried to just do things what other people did. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning of my career... I had so many different styles or I had so many different approaches. I was doing something with pen and paper and I thought, oh yeah, I, I just want to make textures, which I still like, but it was just an illustration or just something that I did because I think you have to do it this way. And uh, I always loved illustrations in a very simplistic style that were colorful and simple and just playful and not yeah. so serious or like <laughs> just not realistic coming from like really fantasy illustrations and i never felt or i never had the courage to do it this way because mm -hmm. i remember times when i did colorful things or when i did playful things or sim simplistic things i remember in university a graphic design teacher was like you should stop doing so childish illustrations oh, because you are a grown-up, you're an adult. And I thought, okay. So a lot of times then I was like, ah, okay, I actually wanted to do it, but obviously I shouldn't. So I was mm -hmm. listening to a lot of different people that yeah. were like, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Focus on three colors or yes. tips that other people are giving. <laughs> it would be set in stone that don't use more than three colors. Don't do this. I followed them because I thought they must know. And well, in the end, I felt like it was just not working out. And like I told you before, I stopped illustrating for almost two years. That yeah. because I felt like, well, obviously, when everyone is criticizing my illustrations, obviously, I'm just not good enough. And there are so many different illustrators like who was waiting for me if there are so many different uh, illustrators why should i also illustrate i was still working in design like in an agency or for a company but i didn't have my own style i was working in photoshop i was working in adobe illustrator but i was just doing like work i could have also just like folded shirts or so i was just doing a job but i didn't have any creative spirit in that way. And when I came to my own healing journey and focusing on what feels good to me, or when I discovered the affirmations or the quotes that really helped me improving my life, yeah. like having those guideposts and seeing those sentences in front of me, I actually started it not because I wanted to show it to other people. I was starting it for myself. Like I had this impulse of writing some letters and then because I always loved flowers. And then I thought, I'm a man and I shouldn't draw flowers and I shouldn't do it like colorful. And I was like, wait, you stupid brain. I will show you. I will draw flowers and I will do them colorful and I will yeah. just do it because then I, I want to see what you think, like my inner critic. And by the way, do you have a name for your inner critic? I named mine Karen. Karen! So no, because I don't want to be that polite to my inner critic. <laughs> I just say, stop it. <laughs> That's great, though, because naming it Karen is so funny. I love it. <laughs> and it helps me to like to separate myself from this negative self-talk. Yeah. And so I started to make this illustrations out of like, I will show you, Karen, that I can do it, even though you say it's bad. And yeah. then I started rediscovering my love for colors and that I'm allowed to use as many colors as I want. And that it's yeah. about me finding joy in the illustration and that it's not about how many people will like it, how many, don't know, how many people will share it. It doesn't yeah. matter if in the end I will like it, but it was in the beginning that I'm just doing it for myself, for mm -hmm appreciating the affirmations or my own process in like processing situations or yeah. starting illustrating again. And at some point when I realized or when I discovered that especially other creative people made similar 
experiences or also are critical with themselves or also having like this inner perfectionist yes. in some way or thinking about it's not good enough or like a lot of creatives have some kind of a similar mindset that they always want to be improving. And after realizing this, at some point, I started uploading something on Instagram again. And I think for like almost one year, nothing really happened on Instagram. And I was like, maybe it's really bad. <laughs> I was still thinking about it, of right. course, because I mean, on the one side, I knew that it's not about the likes. And I really told it to myself, it's not about the likes. But you see... When it's you just like it, 12 people liking or so, yes. right? So it's still there. Mm -hmm. And um, I went through it. I, and I thought, no, th this is the challenge that you are like working on here, that it's about yourself and that you are mm -hmm. uploading it for yourself. And it, it was some kind of a selfish behavior, actually, because I was doing it for myself and not for others to read my right. copies or so was for myself to process my own feelings or my emotions or situations but of course I wished for other people reacting with it or, or commenting mm -hmm. on it which didn't happen in the beginning and then it sort of kind of happened overnight really <laughs> that at some point people started reacting to my illustrations or to comments and then I got messages and then I got offerings for projects and then I also found my agency they saw the illustrations and they wanted to ask me if I ever thought about working with an agent amazing and amazing. this this all happened after I started to let my inner child be playful instead mm. of thinking about what other people say and what their processes are or how they approach things or how they work on their projects because mm. in the end I realized it doesn't matter if how other people work on their projects or how, how other people are doing the illustrations or how many colors they are using. It's about how I want to work or how I want to live or about how many colors I want to use. And it doesn't matter if yeah. no one else does it before because it's enough when I'm doing it that way. Right. There is enough space for everyone who wants to approach their things in the way they want to approach their life. But it took a lot of time for me to realize that I don't have to do the things the way others already do it because what, mm -hmm. you don't have to do the things in that way because someone already done it. And uh, yeah, the, it came just that I'm doing all the colors and all like this crooked lines because <laughs> I always thought, why can't I draw a straight line? Why is it not possible for my hand to draw a straight line? And I was <laughs> like, I have to draw a straight line. I made exercises of drawing lines that they were straight realized maybe it's my style just to draw crooked lines then i didn't resist it anymore to like yeah. why is it always trying to be <laughs> unnatural to my hand like to draw something straight when it's really when i'm not made for doing things straight so <laughs> i was embracing the fact that i'm drawing crooked lines and that i'm making mm. it colorful and i don't listen to it anymore when someone is saying this is too childish or this is too playful or this is too simple Because how can something be too playful or how can something be too cute? It's yeah. not possible that something is too cute. It's like, it's just not possible. And embracing my own style and my own colorful way and playing with my inner child, what he wants to do mm -hmm. or what he doesn't want to do, led to the style that I'm having right now. And this really comes from my heart. And this is like really the way that Fred wants to draw. And when I started yeah. to draw the way that Fred wants to draw, all of the other good things really started to happen because I feel like people noticed that natural Fred mm -hmm. way in the illustrations. And this is why maybe the things before didn't work out because it was not like the essence of yeah. the illustrations that Fred wants to draw. You're authentically yourself. And the other thing that came to mind as we were talking, because you brought up Abraham Hicks, is, you know, there's the emotional chart, if you've seen it ever, but the high emotions and then sort of... At the guidance pure, scale, yeah, sure. Yeah, the guidance scale. And so the feelings that your designs evoke in me are all the ones up on top, right? The joy, the playfulness, the curiosity, the wonder, the hope, the gratitude, all that beautiful stuff, the love, the compassion. And so because you feel that way when you're designing, because you've removed your resistance to mm -hmm. what your inner child is saying, I think that those are the emotions that then through the design that other people experience. So I, I love that connection. And so when you said initially that it was because of your healing journey that your design has also evolved, I mean, you could just see now going backwards, maybe that it's all 
really connected. So it's beautiful. And I'm so grateful. And I'm sure others are as well, all of your clients and everyone that gets to benefit from it, that, that you are listening to your inner child and not to Karen. (laughs) 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 And um, I ask everyone on the show, the title of the podcast is live the width of your life. What does it mean to you to live the width of your life? I think putting myself first, Mm -hmm. like realizing that, first of all, I have to feel good. Like when I think of being on a plane and like they always say, in case of an emergency, put the oxygen mask down for yourself first and then help Mm -hmm. others. And all the years before, I focused on other people and that other people like me so that I can feel good or that I can feel Mm. worthy because other people like me so that I can have some worth in my life. And after realizing also through uh, therapy that there is nothing wrong with me or that I'm not broken or that I don't need to be fixed, that I'm already whole and that only if I am feeling good, I can have other people feel good. So in order for myself to feel better, because in the end I was just exhausted or that I felt like, okay, I'm doing all the things for other people, but who is doing something for myself or uh, for me? So living really satisfying life was really exploring for me that I have to come first and it doesn't matter if other people maybe don't agree with how I want to live my life. It doesn't matter because it's my life and I want to live my life the way that I want to live my life and also starting to be okay with it to lose some people on the way if they feel like okay this is not working anymore and to not feel lonely that you're feeling unworthy because someone said what kind of life do you live to be completely in peace for yourself and to tune in with yourself about like what do you want? How do you want to live your life? Just to know what you want to do or to know what you don't want to do. This is also very important to know yes. like what you don't want to do yeah. and in order to know what you want to do. And I think this is really important for me to live the width of my life. And also, yeah, like I said before, to be my own best friend, like to be there for me, to cheer myself on my journey. And especially in the days that are not so good or where those contrasting experiences are happening, (laughs) you have to be the person that I needed in my life. But there wasn't someone who was giving me like the comfort or the safe space to feel the way that that I'm feeling. And uh, yeah. When I started to be self-compassioned or patient with myself and not to to do things perfectly or to always like through my life, instead to slow down or to take my time to process some feelings or to process some thoughts that are confusing or so, or to just accept I'm doing things like I'm doing things like earlier I was like why does it take so long for me to write an email it doesn't matter why it just does take longer for me to do some things and just to be okay with it and not being like beating myself up for the things that well others do differently and this this is such an improvement to my life to be like okay today I will do things like this or also to accept I expect it a little bit differently but it is the way it is and so I'm taking it on from here and I'm going my journey from here and I'm I love to think of my life but I just had that one day in meditation that I was always thinking about climbing mountains. And since then, I'm comparing my life or my journey with like hiking and mountain climbing. And that it's like, I'm just going my way. And on my way, there will be hills, small hills, there will be big mountains. And I'm just going my way. And I don't know what will happen on my journey. And I don't know if the weather will be nice. I don't know if it will be stormy or if it's snowing or if it's like windy. And I don't know how long it will take me to climb that mountain, but I will just go my way and I enjoy the journey and I will do it the best as I can. And I will not climb the mountain just to be on top of the mountain, but because I want to hike and explore the world and I would, I want to enjoy the view and I will experience the life to the fullest that I can. And I just trust that I will go my way and I experience all the things that are meant for me. And yeah, this analogy really helps me a lot to not feel nothing in my life is working out because I know I'm climbing a mountain and this mountain maybe is really 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 difficult to climb Mm -hmm. but I would go over it and then there will be a beautiful valley or there will be sunshine and palms or, or I don't know and being yeah so good with where I am even though if there is not the manifestation of it yet just to believe that it's already mine like Abraham always says or that I am where I am and I'm doing pretty good at where I am and I'm pleased with how far I've come and I'm doing better and it's getting clearer and I know more today than I did yesterday and yeah this, this is like living the width is like being okay with where I am right now 
Mm-hmm. Even though something didn't happen yet, it's just I'm so okay with where I am, and I'm so satisfied with where I am, and I'm happy about going everywhere that I want to go. This is, I think, this is already so satisfying to be satisfied with where you are instead of comparing. I need to go there to be happy. I need sure. to be this for being happy. So expecting like something to happen in order to be happy or so. Yeah, this mindset shift helped me a lot to find things that are already good or find things how I want to feel or that I want to have. And then everything always working out for me. And I have a creation box, like the box where I, I wrote on it here, creation box. Oh, and I love it. Then I'm writing down on some colorful post-it, what I think of and what makes me feel good. And then I'm writing it down, reading it out loud, and then I'm putting it in my creation box. And then I'm thinking of the things that always make me feel good. Uh, and then I feel like I'm manifesting it or I'm like raising my vibration yeah. in order to feel even more satisfied with uh, where I am right now. I love that. I love that so much. And I love the way that you framed it. It's taking care of yourself, focusing in on what you need to do so you can then share that into the world, which ultimately helps other people. But I love this idea of knowing that you are exactly where you're supposed to be, as you said, and there might be peaks and valleys and mountains and hills, but in the end, it's all there. And you're exactly where you're supposed to be. It's just so beautiful. So beautiful. So I want to thank you for being such an amazing person in this world. I'm so grateful that the universe brought us together. And I want for you to share with anyone who's listening how we can best support you. Where can people find you or how they can support your work? The first thing, thank you so much for your lovely words that you just said. I'm so happy that you felt this way. And of course, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Fred Berlin, or you can also go on mrfred.org. Or if you want to see my website and there you can find all the links that will lead you to like Instagram and I don't know Spotify if you want to listen to some playlists that I made. And I'm also working on my own online shop because I founded my first business. There will be a Mr. Fred store soon and I want to publish their affirmation cards and posters and just Mr. Fred happy products. Yeah. And I'd be happy if you would visit me there if you feel like it. Um, I will get make sure that I include all of those links in the show notes and I'm going to be like your first client. Somehow we have to make that happen because I was already thinking I want a morning page journal. I want all these things that I would hope that you would design. Hopefully you'll have them in your store. It's a really beautiful and I encourage everyone to to absolutely start to follow you. Uh, I just think it's a daily jolt of inspiration and it feels so good to to see what you're putting out into the world. And I'm so grateful for our time together. And if you're listening to today's show and you like it, please share it with as many people as possible. Follow Fred and visit his store. And of course, subscribe so you're notified anytime there's a new episode. And Fred, I wish you continued success in all areas of life. And I will love to have you back at some point. And I think we'll continue to have great discussions. Thank you so much. I'd love to visit you again it was so nice and thank you so much for my first podcast yay really really it was so great thank you so much you're welcome if you enjoyed this episode and want a personalized guide to living the width of your life i've just released a best-selling book live the width of your life 365 daily meditations on living with passion purpose and peace Each daily meditation provides you with a journal prompt or a challenge so you can begin taking daily imperfect action towards the life of your dreams. You can get your copy today on Amazon. The link is in the show notes and I will see you next time.